Introduction Welcome to Kilkenny, one of Ireland's most historic cities where you can encounter a story around every corner. The streets of the city retain much of their medieval charm and every year people flock to see the castle and cathedrals and to enjoy the warm hospitality and vibrant cultural scene that the city is renowned for. The story of Kilkenny begins all the way back in the 6th century, when a monastery was founded by St. Canis. It is from this ancient saint that the city takes its name, Kilkenic, the Church of Canis. Kilkenny developed through the centuries, from an ancient monastery and royal seat of the Megilla Fadric, Kings of Ossory, to the base of William Marshall, one of the most powerful medieval magnates of the 13th century, and the home of the wealthy Butler family, Earls of Ormond. The city has had its hard times too. The Black Death cast its shadow over Kilkenny. It faced dire threat while under siege by Oliver Cromwell's army. And like much of Ireland, it suffered tragedy and torment through the dark days of the famine. We will hear all of these stories on our tour. But for all its weighty history, Kilkenny doesn't take itself too seriously. This is a place where crack is as important as culture. A place renowned for fun comedy festivals. A city proud of its vibrant music and art scene. A city of creative industry, culinary class and sporting heroes. Our audio guide will lead you along the famous medieval mile and nearby attractions to introduce you to just some of the stories of Kilkenny. As you take the tour, Please be aware that Kilkenny can be a busy and bustling place. Take care walking between the various stops, especially when crossing roads. Our tour begins at the most iconic landmark in the city, Kilkenny Castle. Kilkenny Castle this splendid castle has a fascinating story to tell. The earliest origins of the castle was a wooden fortification built by the famous Richard de Clare, known as Strongbow, the leader of the Anglo-Norman invasions of Ireland. This fort didn't last long, as it was destroyed by Donal O'Brien, King of Limerick. In the early 13th century, a stone castle was built on the site by Strongbow's son-in-law, William Marshall. He became one of the most renowned figures in medieval history, described by the Archbishop of Canterbury as the greatest knight that ever lived. Marshall served under no fewer than four different kings of England and at one time stood as protector of the realm and regent of all England. He was one of the chief instigators and the force behind the Magna Carta, a document that shaped British political destiny that still has relevance today. As well as being a political magnate, 
He was also a prolific builder who built castles, towns and abbeys across his vast territories in Wales, England, Normandy and here in Ireland. He is responsible for castles like the one here in Kilkenny and many others in the east of Ireland, as well as founding abbeys and towns like New Ross in Wexford. His castle at Kilkenny was designed in line with the most modern defensive architectural features of the day. It was a four-towered stone fortress that was a focal point for the Anglo-Norman colony in this part of Ireland. The castle was purchased by James Butler in 1391, and for over 600 years the castle stayed in the hands of the Butlers, one of the most powerful families in Ireland. They first arrived here in 1185, when Theobald Fitzwalter accompanied Prince John on his tour of the country. Fitzwalter was a great favourite of the crown, and was distinguished with the title Chief Butler, meaning it was their honour to pour the first cup of wine for the kings at grand events and banquets. The family took this honour seriously. Cups are displayed on the family crest, and they took the name Butler. There was real material gain along with the ceremonial title, as they were given the Presage of Wine, that entitled them to a 15% tax of all wine imported into Ireland. This made the family extremely wealthy, and through strategic marriages they embedded themselves in the very highest ranks of society. One famous descendant of the family was Queen Elizabeth I, who was a great-granddaughter of the butlers through her mother Anne Boleyn. From the 17th century onwards, the butlers began to transform the castle from a dour medieval fortress into an elegant baronial-style mansion. The butlers owned the castle until 1967, when they sold it to the Irish state for the bargain price of £50. Today the castle is a popular place for visitors, and you can hear its full story on a guided tour, or enjoy a picnic in the lovely, extensive grounds that are free to roam. Across the street, you can see the grand coach house of the castle. The building dates to around 1780, and it now houses the Kilkenny Design Centre, where you can find incredible art, crafts and goods by local artists and makers. The Made in Kilkenny brand is a byword for quality. An archway at the back of the design centre brings you to the gardens of Butler House. This was once the elegant home of the Butler Dowagers. They moved here when their husbands died and their sons inherited the castle. Butler House is now open to the public as a luxurious guest house, operated by Kilkenny Civic Trust. Let's leave the castle now and take a trip down the medieval mile by heading down the parade. When you are ready, make your way down to the traffic lights, cross the road, turn right and follow Rose Inn Street. You will see the stone building on your left, which was once She Almshouse, or the Hospital of Jesus of Kilkenny.
After the monasteries were closed by King Henry VIII during the Reformation, almshouses opened to provide charity to the poor who had previously relied on the church's help. This almshouse was founded by the wealthy Shi merchant family. This fine building is one of the last Tudor almshouses to survive in Ireland. When you are ready, turn back and take St Mary's Lane, the alleyway next to Sid Harkin's pub, up to St Mary's Church, now home to the Medieval Mile Museum. St Mary's Church, the Medieval Mile Museum. The Medieval Mile is a discovery trail running through the centre of Kilkenny City, linking the castle with St Canis's Cathedral and with much more in between. You can discover the story at the engaging Medieval Mile Museum, set within the 13th century St Mary's Parish Church. This beautiful medieval church was lovingly restored and transformed into a bright and modern museum in 2017. As part of the works, detailed archaeological excavations were carried out and they have revealed much about the story of the church and of Kilkenny itself. Inside the museum, you can find 800 years worth of the city's history with a treasure trove of artefacts and Ireland's largest collection of Renaissance-era tombs. The remains of some of Kilkenny's medieval inhabitants were discovered during these works. These included a woman in her late 40s, young to our standards, but considered elderly by her peers. A young teenage girl whose bones bore the hallmarks of a life of hard labour and pain and a small child who died far too young. They were all scientifically dated to between 1250 and 1350 AD, based on pottery found in their graves, meaning they are amongst the first few generations of Anglo-Norman colonists in Kilkenny. Their place of burial in the southwest corner of the graveyard, and that they were buried in simple shrouds, indicated that they were impoverished. Their story is told in the museum in the Three Lives, Three Deaths, One Life Unlived exhibition that gives new insights into life and death in the medieval town of Kilkenny. When you have finished your visit to the museum, head straight out onto High Street you should see a small archway leading to an alley almost opposite the point that you emerge onto High Street. This leads to the famous Hole in the Wall pub. This is one of the oldest surviving townhouses in Ireland and dates back to 1582. Its name comes from the hole that was punched through the walls from the High Street to the rear of the inner house for access. There is a popular song about the pub which goes, If ever you go to Kilkenny, inquire for the hole in the wall, where you will get eggs for four and a penny, and butter for nothing at all. The hole in the wall developed a rough reputation for duels and highwaymen, 
but it was also a favourite haunt of aristocracy and frequented by the Earl of Ormond and the famous Arthur Wellesley, Duke of Wellington, who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo and twice served as British Prime Minister. This historic house is now restored and open to the public as one of the most atmospheric pubs and music venues in Ireland. If you take a right along High Street, you can see the arched Tholsal building on your right. Constructed in 1761 as a civic building for the mayors and the Kilkenny Corporation, it is still used today by the city councillors. The Tholsal contains the civic records of Kilkenny City, including the 13th century Liber Primus Kilkenninesis. This calfskin book contains records of decisions taken from 1231 onwards, including a copy of William Marshall's charter from 1207. The Tulsa also served as a mayor's court with dungeons in the cellars. Today, it is home to the city councillors and the mayor's parlour. The storied streets of Kilkenny. As we walk along High Street, we are in the old English town, or High Town of Kilkenny, home to the Anglo-Norman colony in the 13th and 14th centuries. Irish Town was located not far from St. Canis's Cathedral, and we'll see that area later. High Town was the wealthier part of Kilkenny during the medieval period, and you can see this reflected in the many fine buildings made from the polished black limestone known as Kilkenny Marble that gives Kilkenny its nickname, the Marble City. One of the distinctive features of Kilkenny's streetscape are the narrow alleys, known as slips, that connect parallel streets. Perhaps the prettiest of these is the butter slip on your right, which takes its name from the stalls that sold fresh yellow butter here. Head down the butter slip to the lower levels of St. Kieron Street. Take a left at the bottom and walk up to Kittler's Inn. Kittler's Inn is named after Dame Alice Kittler, who is said to have lived here in the late 13th century. Alice was a wealthy and well-educated woman in Kilkenny society. She married four times, with each husband dying somewhat conveniently, with each death increasing her wealth. An accusation of witchcraft was made against her, along with her maid Petronella and her son William Outlaw. The Bishop of St. Canis's Cathedral, Bishop Ledred, presided over a trial. However, Alice managed to escape to England, but her unfortunate servant, Petronella, was burned at the stake. Alice's son, William Outlaw, was forced to do penance. He had to attend three masses per day for a year, feed paupers, and re-roof the cathedral with lead. Four years after William had completed his work on the roof, it mysteriously collapsed. Alice may have escaped, but all her property in Kilkenny was confiscated. However, her legend lives on in the city, and Kittler's Inn remembers this intriguing character.
Keep walking along Kieron Street and continue on to where it merges to become Parliament Street. Parliament Street. The name of this street reflects events that led to Kilkenny temporarily becoming the capital of Ireland. In 1642, the Irish Catholic Confederation, composed of Irish Catholic nobles, clergy and veterans of the Great Rebellion of 1641, declared themselves as the true government of Ireland with Kilkenny as their capital, as they sought to control the ongoing turmoil and unrest in the country. They tried to organise a war effort against the remaining English parliamentary armies in Ireland. The Confederacy held their inaugural meeting at Parliament House, where the entrance to the Market Yard shopping centre stands today. The Confederation flew a green flag with a harp, both symbols that still represent Ireland today. In 1648, the Irish Confederacy allied itself with the Royalists, supporters of King Charles I, in the English Civil War. However, following their victory in 1649, a parliamentarian army under Cromwell invaded Ireland. At the beginning of 1650, Cromwell and his army marched to defeat the Confederate forces, including the Marquis of Ormond, who stood against him. Kilkenny was well defended by the strong city walls and the River Nore, but its defenders and citizenry had suffered from plague, and so the city was short of defenders. Of the 12,000 soldiers sent to garrison the city, only 400 were still alive by the time of the siege. Sir Walter Butler and his soldiers protected Hightown and the castle, while the citizens protected Irishtown. Kilkenny Castle was battered by a brutal bombardment, while the people of Kilkenny fought furiously in Irishtown and managed to throw back assaults before Cromwell's army eventually breached the wall at Hightown and managed to get through Dean's Gate in Irishtown. Kilkenny surrendered on honourable terms a week after the siege began. Cromwell agreed to stop his men from looting the city, and so Walter Butler and his garrison were allowed to leave the city, still bearing their weapons. The Marquis of Ormond, Sir Walter Butler, went into exile and his lands were confiscated. Many of the other wealthy families of Kilkenny lost their property, with a number being exiled to Connacht. They were replaced in the city by loyal Protestant settlers and Cromwell's veterans. By 1660, they formed the majority of the population of Kilkenny. Old families that had run the city for centuries, like the Shees, Archers and Rolths, were replaced by Cowleys, Raggots, Lawless and Langtons. Some royalist families did return to Kilkenny after the Restoration, when Charles II became King of England. But no Catholic served as mayor of Kilkenny again, until 1687. Continue along Parliament Street until you come to the courthouse and the Smithwick's Brewery on your right.
Kilkenny Courthouse and Smithick's Brewery. The courthouse, built around 1790, is one of the earliest surviving civic institutions in Kilkenny. It was built on the remains of Grace's Castle. The owner of the castle was the Governor of Ireland, James Grace, who left it to the government in 1566 to be used as a jail, before it was later converted into the courthouse. Next door you can see the old Smithick's Brewery, now home to the engaging Smithick's Experience. John Smithick established his brewery here in 1710, and it became renowned for its signature red ale. It was one of the keystone businesses of Kilkenny from the 18th to the 21st century, and it was owned and operated by the Smithick family for much of this period before eventually being sold to Guinness. The atmosphere of Kilkenny was imbued with the smell of brewing, but today Kilkenny's famous red ale is brewed at St James's Gate in Dublin. The story of the brewery is told through the modern Smithick's experience, and you can get to try the iconic amber ale for yourself at the end of the tour. The brewery was built beside the old Franciscan friary, and it continued the tradition of brewing on this site that was first started by the medieval monks. The Red Book of Ossory, compiled in Kilkenny in the 14th century, contains the earliest known recipe for alcohol distillation in Irish literature. All that remains of the friary today are the stone walls of the chancel and bell tower, However, in its heyday, the friary was filled with grey-hooded monks who performed charitable acts in the community. One such friar was John Clynn. He lived at the abbey in the 14th century and documented the harrowing days of the outbreak of the Black Death in Kilkenny. The Black Death was a deadly plague that spread across Europe, killing millions. It was transmitted by fleas that lived on the rats which came from merchant traders' ships. Ireland did not escape the fatal pandemic. In some parts of the country, mortality rate was as high as 50%. John Clinn documented the devastation the disease caused in Kilkenny. His final journal entry in 1349 reads, So that notable deeds should not perish with time, and be lost from the memory of future generations, I, seeing these many ills, and that the whole world encompassed by evil, waiting among the dead for death to come, have committed to writing what I have truly heard and examined, and so that the writing does not perish with the writer, or the work fail with the workman. I leave parchment for continuing the work in case anyone should still be alive in the future and any son of Adam can escape this pestilence and continue the work thus begun. At this point, the narrative ends with a note written in a different hand. Here, it seems, the author died. When you are ready, Cross the road to the fine medieval building opposite. This is Roth House and Gardens.
Roth House and Gardens. Kilkenny's merchants grew prosperous by importing and exporting goods like fine cloth, wool, wine and animal hides. From the late 14th century until the siege of Kilkenny in the middle of the 17th century, a few merchant families had control over almost every civil and ecclesiastical position in Kilkenny city. They jealously guarded and protected their status through intermarriage and control of the sovereign position on the council, broadly equivalent with the mayor. Between 1434 and 1544, the Archer family held the sovereign position 16 times. The names and crests of these great merchant families can be found all over the city, including the building in front of you. This is Roth House, a 16th-century Tudor mansion built for John Roth Fitzpiers. His coat of arms, depicting a deer and oak tree, is displayed on the front of the house. Roth House is built on an old unit of land called a Burgage Plot. This land was rented by a Burgess for one shilling a year. The external part of the building you are facing is the earliest, being constructed in 1594. Behind this, two more houses were built to provide increased space for John's 11 children. He was a merchant, an importer of fine fabrics and owned mills in County Kilkenny. The Roths maintained a prominent position in Kilkenny for generations, even holding the title of sovereign, until Cromwell confiscated their property and banished them to Connacht in the 17th century. Roth House is now owned by Kilkenny Archaeological Society, and you can enjoy a tour to see their collection of artefacts and to discover insights into the life of a prosperous merchant family in medieval Kilkenny. The gardens of the house were also meticulously restored, with the planting informed by evidence discovered during archaeological excavations. Visitors can see fruit such as blood of the Boyne apples and deer tongue lettuce, which were used in the 17th century. When you are ready, head further along the street and take the left turn up Abbey Street between Oriadas and the Pump House Pub. The City Walls and the Black Abbey As we head to the Black Abbey, we must pass through Black Ferran Gate, one of the smaller gates into the medieval walled town of Kilkenny. The construction of the walls began over 800 years ago, and they were expanded and improved upon over the centuries until they measured nearly three kilometres long. The walls contained fortified towers such as Talbot's Tower and many gates which allowed traders in and out of the city and enabled the authorities to charge levies and tolls. The Black Ferran Gate was controlled by the monks of the abbey, located close by, who required their own access to the city. The Black Abbey was founded by William Marshall the Younger the Justiciar of Ireland in 1225. 
The Dominicans, who were originally a French order, ran the abbey for over 300 years. Their friars were known for wearing long black habits, which led to the abbey and the city gate obtaining the name Black. Like many other religious buildings in Kilkenny, the Black Abbey was suppressed during the dissolution of the monasteries during the Reformation. For a while it was used as a courthouse, but the Dominicans managed to regain the building in the 19th century and restored the church for the community. The restored abbey retains many of its medieval features, including the rosary window, which is the largest stained glass window in Ireland. Outside the abbey, visitors may notice the long rows of rectangular stone troughs. These are the remains of 13th century coffins. According to folklore, the famous bell of the Black Abbey disappeared during Cromwell's occupation. A few centuries later, it was rediscovered when some men were cleaning a bell belonging to Lady Ty of Dunlavin in County Wicklow. They reported the matter to Lady Ty, but she refused to return it. So the young men of Kilkenny decided to steal back the bell. They transported it by lorry with four mass servers, and upon arrival in Kilkenny, the bishop and priests met the bell. It was left outside the abbey for three days, and everyone that came rang it three times and expressed a wish. After you see the Black Abbey, if you have time, consider paying a visit to St Mary's Cathedral, visible to your left and just a short walk up Black Mill Street. It was built to cater for the large Catholic population of the city in the 19th century. Constructed with limestone in the neo-Gothic style, the cathedral has recently undergone a restoration program to return it to its former splendour. When you are finished, return the way you came and take a left as you exit Abbey Street. Follow the road until you come to a T-junction. Across the road are St. Canis's steps, which lead up to the entrance to St. Canis's Cathedral. Alternatively, if you would prefer a route without steps, you can use the coach road access, just 80 metres away on Dean Street. St. Canis's Cathedral Climb up the steps to Church Lane. The steps and the gateway at the top were built in 1614 by Robert Joyce, a clergyman attached to St. Canisus. A number of memorial stones and armorial plaques can be seen at the top of the steps, particularly those embedded in the wall of what was the sexton's house. These plaques date to the 16th and early 17th centuries. Go through the stone arch to reach St. Canisus Cathedral and its stunning round tower. The true weight of Kilkenny's long history culminates at this holy place. Archaeological excavations here revealed that an early medieval palace, probably belonging to the Irish royal family, the Magilla Fodericks, once stood on this site, as did an earlier church dedicated to St. Canis. St. Canis was born into an impoverished family in County Derry in around 517 AD. 
At his birth, a cow suddenly arrived at his destitute parents' house. This was seen as a great omen, even a miracle, by his poor family, as they would have milk, butter and cheese to survive on. However, its owner soon appeared. Luckily for the family, the owner was a kindly bishop who took pity on the impoverished family. So he left the cow with them and baptised their child. Canners grew to be gentle and intelligent. He studied in Wales under St. Caddoc and in Clonard in County Meath with the renowned scholarly St. Finian. After his studies, Canners travelled around Ireland preaching and founded his main monastery in Ahabow in County Leash and a small church here in Kilkenny. According to folklore, when St. Canners died, there was an argument between Kilkenny and Ahabo over who would get the saint's body. Suddenly, a second coffin appeared and both monasteries buried the saint in their grounds and enjoyed the benefit of the many pilgrims who wished to be close to his remains. The Round Tower is over a thousand years old. Round Towers are an iconic feature of Irish history. They are thought to have been primarily constructed as bell towers, as they are known as Clintiach in Irish, which translates as bell house. They also would have been visible for miles around and could have acted like a signpost in the landscape for pilgrims. This round tower is one of only two that can still be climbed in Ireland. You can enjoy stunning views over the city from the top, including the splendid 18th century Bishop's Palace next door to the cathedral. This was the house of the bishop, who was in charge of the entire Diocese of Ossory. The building is now the home of the Heritage Council of Ireland, who provide policy advice for the government on heritage issues. An archaeological investigation on the building found the remains of the 14th century palace started by the notorious Bishop Ledred. Despite being extensively renovated throughout its history, the cathedral that you see before you largely dates to the 13th century. It was founded on the site of Canis's monastery by William Marshall, the same man who constructed Kilkenny Castle. Inside this wonderful medieval church, you can explore their fascinating collection of tombs and effigies, which depicts the elite of medieval Kilkenny. There are tombs of powerful families, such as the butlers, as well as the tomb of Bishop Ledred, who was Alice Kittler's judge. Their effigies show the fashion of the time, with women depicted in elaborate gowns and headdresses, and the men in armour. The cathedral was converted to the Church of Ireland following the reformation and dissolution of the monasteries instigated by King Henry VIII in the mid-16th century. Today it is a wonderful place to soak up the atmosphere and to marvel at the work of medieval masons and artisans. When you are ready, leave the cathedral, turn left along Church Lane and head back to the River Nore. Follow the winding Common Hall Lane and turn right when you emerge onto Vicar Street. Then go left so you cross the River Nore 
over the St. Francis Bridge. The River Nore The River Nore, whose name in Irish is Anfior, which is thought to mean the boundary, is central to the story of Kilkenny City. The river rises at the Devil's Bit in County Tipperary, before flowing on a 140-kilometre-long journey, passing through Kilkenny City, where it is joined by the River Brega, before it reaches Waterford Harbour. The Nore merges with the Barrow and then the River Shore. These three important rivers are collectively known as the Three Sisters. For centuries, it has been a vital commodity, providing fresh water, a food source, and a means of work and transport for the city. The monks of St. John's Priory built mills to harness the power of the waters, and the Franciscans used the Nore and Brega to brew their beer, as Smithix did centuries later. However, the river could turn on the inhabitants. Severe floods afflicted the city, most notably in 1564 and 1763, when the waters destroyed houses, bridges, and even a castle. The river and its banks are a wildlife corridor and home to a variety of species of plants and animals, including salmon, otters and pearl mussels, a critically endangered protected species that grow very slowly and can live to over 100 years of age. Turn right after you cross the bridge, head down the steps and turn left to walk along the Peace Park as we head to the War Memorial. Stop at the viewing platform across the river from St. Francis Abbey. Abbey Quarter From this side of the river, you can enjoy a good view over towards what remains of St. Francis Abbey and the Smithwick's Brewery site, to an area now known as the Abbey Quarter. This area is being regenerated to create vibrant new community spaces, which will allow access to the Friary again by connecting it into a public space. The former brew house will become a modern office space in a unique setting. The overall plan is for a mixed development here in the Abbey Quarter to have the space as alive at 8 in the evening as it is at 8 in the morning. Further along the river, in the Peace Park, the War Memorial commemorates those who fought in World War I. 820 men and five women from Kilkenny lost their lives. Almost a third have no known grave. So this is a peaceful and contemplative place to remember them. Let's continue our journey along the river to Evans' home and the Butler Gallery. Evans' home and the Butler Gallery. Located on the eastern side of the River Nore, Evans' home was formerly the site of St. John's Augustinian Priory that was founded in the 13th century by William Marshall. 
The Priory functioned for over 300 years before it was closed during the dissolution of the monasteries. The church and lands were given to Kilkenny's corporation, but they allowed the church to fall into disrepair until it was acquired by the Evans family. Most of the Priory's land was converted into an army barracks in the early 1800s. In 1817, the Priory's Lady Chapel was converted into a small Protestant church. The following year, the wealthy Joseph Evans died and bequeathed his vast fortune to the construction of a servants' asylum to house the homeless and destitute of Kilkenny. This handsome building was constructed using stone from the Priory's nave. As a Protestant landowner, Evans stipulated that when selecting occupants, preference should be given to Protestants. As the Protestant community in Kilkenny declined, Evans' home admitted increasing numbers of Catholics until it was closed in the 1980s. Evans' home has been restored and is now another public space for the people of Kilkenny and visitors. Here you can find children's, archaeological and sculpture-themed gardens. The house also serves as the Butler Gallery, with exhibitions of stunning works of art, including that of Tony O'Malley, a renowned artist from Kilkenny. As well as the Butler Gallery, the building also features temporary exhibitions and an education and learning centre. When you are ready, return to the river and continue onto John Street before going left again, heading towards the McDonough Junction Shopping Centre. Or you can exit through the Butler Gallery along Barrack Lane and turn left onto John Street. Gates open 8am to 8pm. The Kilkenny Famine Experience McDonough Junction Shopping Centre showcases all the big brands. But this area has a dark story to tell. This was once the site of the city's workhouse that housed many of those affected by Ongorta Moor, the Great Irish Famine, that devastated the country between 1845 and 1852. The famine was one of the most catastrophic events in recorded Irish history. Four years before the famine began, the population of Kilkenny City was 19,071. By 1851, a year before the famine ended, the population had dropped by nearly 4,000. Some wealthier patrons of the city tried to help the struggling poor. The Marchioness of Ormond donated food, clothes and blankets while her husband was a guardian of the workhouse. The workhouses were public institutions created to provide the destitute with food and lodging in return for work. Kilkenny's workhouse was originally built in 1842 to house 1,200 paupers, but by 1846 it held nearly twice that amount. In 2005, 
Archaeological excavations in the area around the workhouse discovered the remains of hundreds of people. Even more tragically, more than half of all those interred were under the age of 18 when they died. Though the Irish famine is filled with horror and casual cruelty, it appears that Kilkenny's victims were at least given some respect and were carefully buried in coffins. Inside the shopping centre, you can find the Famine Experience, an exhibition that tells the story of these darkest of days. Outside the centre is the Famine Memorial Garden. The artist, Annie Mollerou, created beautiful bronze sculptures showing two brothers named John and Patrick Saul playing. These brothers were abandoned by their parents on Dublin's docks and tried to walk the 200 kilometres back home to Clonmel, County Tipperary. When passing through Kilkenny, they were brought to the workhouse. The fingerprints of almost 1,000 people who have direct links with the famine victims of Kilkenny Union Workhouse are etched into brass to honour and remember them as individual people, each deserving of a better fate than that which befell them. When you are ready, leave the Famine Experience and McDonough Junction and head back down John Street towards the river. Creative Kilkenny Kilkenny is surely one of the most cultural and creative cities in Ireland. Because of this vibrant culture and support for the arts and design, many creative businesses have made Kilkenny their home. Perhaps the most renowned of these is the Academy Award-nominated Cartoon Saloon, one of the most accomplished animation studios in the world who have made truly stunning films like The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea and The Breadwinner, along with much-loved children's shows like Puffin Rock, their film, Wolf Walkers, is set in 17th century Kilkenny and draws upon the legend of Kilkenny's werewolves. Kilkenny is also home to some of the best festivals and events in Ireland. Kilkenny Cat Laughs has been running for 25 years and usually marks the beginning of summer. Comedy acts from all over the world perform and some of Ireland's greatest comedians who live abroad return yearly for this gig. Fresh new acts, which will become the comedy giants of the future, cut their teeth here. There is even a football match held between the Irish comedians and everyone else to see who can win the Cat Cup each year. Another major festival is the Kilkenny Arts Festival. Founded in 1974, it is now one of the leading festivals in Ireland. Musicians, performers, writers and artists from all over the world gather here in the Marble City to entertain and impress the audience. The entire city hosts the Arts Festival, with churches, townhouses, pubs and the castle holding events. It generally lasts for ten days in August and the whole city buzzes with excitement. You simply must come back to Kilkenny to enjoy the next arts festival.
Continue along John Street and cross the bridge, and we'll stop for a moment at the Statue of the Hurlers. Conclusion This monument by sculptor Barry Rafter celebrates Kilkenny's sporting pedigree. Kilkenny is particularly famous for its hurling team, the most successful in the country. Hurling is in the DNA of the city. Everywhere you go you will see the black and amber of the team, known as the Cats, and school children with their hurls seemingly glued to their hands. They start their apprenticeship early here. We have now reached the end of our tour of Kilkenny. As we are back at the castle, which is just ahead and up to the left, we hope that you have enjoyed your tour through time through medieval Kilkenny. If you fancy digging deeper into the story of the medieval walled city, it is well worth taking the time to visit Talbot's Tower on Lower New Street. It is the only surviving complete defensive tower in the city, and it has been lovingly conserved, so it is well worth the walk to see. If you fancy stretching your legs, you can enjoy a number of lovely walks in Kilkenny. Find your path at trailkilkenny.ie. There is even more to be found outside of the city in County Kilkenny, from some of the most spectacular medieval monasteries like Jerpoint Abbey and Kells Priory to Dunmore Cave, a place with a tale as dark as its deepest depths. Or take a trip to the beautiful towns and villages of the county, like Gregnamana and Inishdeeg, and enjoy the elegance of Woodstock House and Gardens, a place of romance that was once the home of Sarah Ponsonby, who fell in love with Lady Eleanor Butler, the daughter of the Earl of Ormond. The young women, fearing that they may be married off or separated by being put into convents, ran away together. They left Ireland and moved to Wales, where they spent the rest of their lives in happiness and became known as the Ladies of Clangolan. Kilkenny truly is a land of stories, and we hope you will spend time to discover them all. You can find out more on visitkilkenny.ie. This audio guide was produced by Abarta Heritage on behalf of Kilkenny County Council. If you'd like to hear more stories from Ireland, please visit abartaheritage.ie.